Hello, and welcome to Sharing the Manual podcast, brought to you by UInsure, where we journey with you to finish well financially. This journey takes you to an intersection of life and money coaching. As we all know, how you live out your life in all areas has lasting effects on your money. Now, it has been said that emotionally connected men and women have better finances. My name is Amy Yu, and if you've seen my last name, you know why I've shortened it. And I will be your host. I am so glad that you've joined us on what is sure to be a memorable adventure. One where no topic is off limits. We understand that all areas of our lives are intertwined. We will talk money, emotions, even emotions around your money. Raising kids, which is sure to be a hoot, as they say the darndest things. Dating, relationships, marriage, grief in so many forms. Whether it's a death, a divorce, an illness, or just your life not turning out how you thought it would. Cause that, my friends, is very real, and I know that firsthand. We will tackle life's epic fails, celebrate the wins, overcome the obstacles, address the mountains and valleys in each other's lives. No rock will go unturned. This podcast is one of real, honest, genuine, humorous conversations where we share stories that are sure to inspire you, encourage, equip, and empower you to live out your best life. Our goal is to build connections, community of belonging, as you, my dear, are not the only one. We are journeying and navigating this life together, and I hope that you're ready to dive right in. I feel like this is a loaded episode, you guys. Where do we even begin? Shit, there is so many things that I wish I had known sooner, especially when it comes to starting over. I want to touch on areas regarding money and parenting, relationships. Who knows what will come out? May the stories just roll off my tongue. Now for you, starting over may be different than it was for me. Perhaps it was a divorce for you or a separation or an illness, disability. For me, it was a passing. Either way, starting over sucks. It's hard, it's isolating, you feel very alone much of the time, but I'm here to tell you you're not alone and you're not the only one that's going through this. And this is why we come here and we share our stories. For me, one of the first things that hit me like a ton of bricks, aside from the grieving, was money. Suddenly I had none coming in. Like, no joke, not working, being a stay-at-home mom. My life was all of a sudden a train wreck. This is big and here is why. If you only get one thing from this podcast, then great, but pay attention because a woman should always carry a little money of her own and her own credit card in her name. You don't want to be a co-applicant on accounts or credit cards. This, my dear friends, is where I did it wrong so many years ago. And here's why this is so important. And maybe many of you or some of you have already experienced this the way I have. Now, I was married young and I had my three beautiful kids and we were building a life together. We had our own bank accounts. But when we got married, everything was now joint. The credit cards were joint. He was a primary card holder. At the time, we thought we were doing the right thing. We were adulting. We were, we were actually quite proud of ourselves for, you know, getting our shit in order. But all this time, we had mortgages and vehicle loans. We built up a credit score that was one to be, you know, proud of. We, but wait, <laughs> there was no we in it. When he passed, the credit score went with him. Along with my identity, (laughs) I just thought I would throw that in there for shits and giggles, you know, because it's true. There I was at the bank closing things out and they looked at me and told me that I no longer had a credit card that was valid. I was like, what do you mean? 
She proceeded to tell me that I wasn't the primary cardholder. All this time, I was being diligent about paying the credit card off, managing our monthly obligations, taking care of things, working on our credit score, and you're now telling me that I don't have a credit score? How many of you had to reinvent yourself financially after a divorce, a separation, or a loved one passing? It's devastating to think that the time that you had invested doesn't account for anything. Isn't that loaded? I bet some of you feel that way to many facets, not just the side of money. When it comes to your money, here is what you need to do. You need to get your own account. Save regularly into it. A woman needs a little money of her own. A credit card solely in your own name. Build up your credit score. Be smart. Pay it off every single month. A vehicle in your name with your own insurance. Cell phone bill in your name as it helps to build the credit. Every little bit counts. Building a credit score, it takes consistency, diligence, and think of it like cumulative gains. Every little piece helps. And I'm sure you get the idea. Not having a credit history makes navigating the future um, a little less ideal. The thing about money is that we carry so much pride, shame, guilt, regret, remorse, resentment. I likely can go on and on. And I know because I've lived it. And I'm still working through some of this shit right now. There is no shame in starting over financially. Being in this industry now for six years, I have seen some of the greatest comebacks. It all comes down to how much grit do you have? You know, there's that saying, sugar and spice, everything nice. I say hot and spicy makes everything nicey. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. <laughs> Look at me go. What I needed and didn't know that I needed was a sounding board. When it came to making decisions about money as a single mom raising three kids, yes, I had family and yes, I had friends and I love them all to pieces, but they were not going through the same thing or had any understanding as to what life was now like for us. We had a lifestyle change overnight, went from having an income to having no income, having to figure out how one income can even support three kids in today's world. I remember getting a job that paid me $35,000 a year, and I had to pay $90 in childcare a day. Do the math. Like, that did not last long. And it's, it's so good that there are programs out there that can help out. And I took advantage of childcare subsidy. There was a season that I needed help and it was so hard, so hard to ask for that help. I carried a ton of pride and never thought that I would end up in such a tight financial spot that I would need somebody else's help, let alone the government programs that are out there. So it turns out that we all need help at times and it takes more bravery and courage to ask for help and receive it. You owe it to yourself to take the step forward, not backwards. Now, I remember I had a, a talk the other day with a lady who is kind of going through some of this just now and she feels as though she's going backwards, you know, a few steps. And it's so true. And I'm, then I asked her, I'm like, are you reaching out and finding the programs that can help you? Did you know that the YMCA offers programming for people that need help? And there's childcare subsidy. There's different ways of, you know, Jumpstart was one that we used for, for hockey and ringette. It was so helpful because it got us through a tough season and my kids were still able to do their sports. There are great programs that help single parents get back on their feet. I had to spend a lot of time unlearning old money habits and relearning what it means to have financial wholeness. And so 80% of our money is behavior and only 20% is head knowledge. So what you do with your money, it's, it's what you do with your money, not what you know. Someone making minimum wage can end up in a better financial position than somebody making six figures. It's all a matter of 
Who's getting you there? I love reading Jim Collins' book called Good to Great. And I love what he says about first who. Get the right damn people on the bus. The right people do the right things and deliver the best results. Not only do you want the right money advice from a professional, but you also want the right people sitting at your table in life. Now, I joked about my identity going out the window when I became a single mom with three kids, but really it was no joke. How many of you can relate to even your friend groups changing and shifting? I had an acquaintance approach me shortly after his passing and she said, oh, you just wait six months and we'll, we'll see who's still around. I was so confused. I'm like, you don't even know me. How can you make a comment like that? But sure enough, six months had passed and she was right. My world changed dramatically. Friends had dropped off like flies. This is where I've got stung. And we are going to dive in in another episode regarding like finding your people. And it's truly amazing. I can't wait to do that. I'm just gathering some of this stuff for for that juicy podcast coming up, you guys. So stay tuned. But I was chatting and understanding it with another lady and she experienced the same thing. And after chatting and laughing, we discovered that some of those people, they fell off, were just not comfortable with conversations, with us being single, with us maybe not needing them. That's when I realized that I needed to pay better attention as to who sits at my table. I remember the days where the more friends you had, the better. And now I can, less than one hand is my tribe. I have no time for nonsense, superficial, surface level conversations or crap. Yes, I can talk shop briefly, but I want those, I crave those deeper connections. I have less than five people that have stuck by me through all my shit shows. Yeah, yeah. Shit shows because I've had them. Bless their hearts because I am a handful. I have this photo that says I am disruptive, energetic, chaotic, sarcastic, occasionally offensive, a bit awkward, and never easy to control. And I have spent most of my life thinking that those were bad things, only to realize that I'm not for everyone and I'm done trying to be. The sad truth is that it has taken me over 40 years to figure that out. Uh Uh-huh. I know. It's crazy. I'm in my 40s. (laughs) The secret to looking young is putting a fun scrunchie in your hair and some hot pink lipstick. It drops 10 years. Give it a try, gals. So here's something that I hope to take as truth. Never dull yourself to make others feel better. You were made to shine. A mentor once said to me that think of yourself as a magnet. You will attract people and you will also repel people. And that is okay. Most importantly, just be you. Real friends are not nice. They are kind. There is a difference. There is a difference. Are you confused? (laughs) Because I know when I first heard this, I was. It challenged me a little bit and I unpacked it. Nice people are pleasers. Saying what you want to hear as they get something in return. Kindness, on the other hand, is speaking truth out of love for somebody even when it is hard to do so. Have friends at your table that will say the hard thing not the easy thing. Friends that will call out your crap. (laughs) We need those friends. They help us to grow and become better humans. Friends that will speak truth to you so you can become better. Those are the people that you want on your damn bus, along with professionals that are going to help you with your money, with your taxes. I say it people all the time. We have doctors when we're feeling ill, we go see a doctor. We go see a dentist regarding our teeth. We should have a professional to talk to about our money, such as a money coach. We have a coach that's gonna help us with our sports. We have personal trainers to help us with our fitness goals. We have nutritionalists that help us with our eating. Now, maybe we don't always have professionals. Maybe we get some of that from books or podcasts, what have you, but have the right damn people on your bus. So 
think about this for a second, and I know I've said this lots, you are on average a sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Do you need to make some changes? I did. We go through these stages in our life where we can outgrow some relationships, which is normal and healthy, which leads so nicely to the other area that I had wish I had known sooner and understood a little bit better. Boundaries. Healthy boundaries. Now, I don't know about you, but I, you know, was led to believe that these boundaries were rude or perhaps <laughs> it was the way I delivered it, you know, and, and I chuckle because so many times I've been told that I need to work on my delivery. Who knew? <laughs> I couldn't just be a straight shooter. What are you talking about? You know, I'm a work in progress, you guys. I am softening my delivery as I want to be kind. One of my biggest struggles was that I didn't have boundaries prior, you know, learning to implement these new said boundaries for the kids. And I definitely had people confused. With this came some turmoil. I was made to feel guilty and selfish until I realized that I controlled how I felt with these new boundaries and they made me feel safer. So are you confused as to perhaps what boundaries may be healthy? Let me explain. So, so many times after facing a loss, families can get strange. Not always, but for us, it sure did. You know, I've been told that happens after a divorce as well. So for me, I had to establish that I was raising the kids. The role that others played in our kids' lives was in my control as well. I was choosing as to where we were going to live, how we were going to live out. Others are just trying to help. And I get that. However, at times, no one was listening to what I needed or wanted. I wholeheartedly wanted my kids to have good relationships with all family members. But with the loss of our, our loved ones, the views on what was best were somehow different now. I was no longer a part of that side of the family. And with the breakdown of all that happened, there was some hard feelings. There's no right or wrong and grieving is hard. I too had a role in all of it. I recall having to be the voice for my small kids and at times was not seen in the best of light, unfortunately. We as moms and dads, you know, we speak up for our kids. We are their protectors and I'm sure many of you can relate. Here's what I realized through doing that. I had to teach my kids to express their feelings for themselves. What made them uncomfortable and be open and honest and ask for what they needed from others. So here's a great example. So my son was seven at the time and he is a splitting image of his father. It's, it's honestly remarkable if you were to see a photo. Now, his grandparents over and over would remind him of how much he looked like his dad. And while yes, this is a true and it's amazing and we hold that dear, but it hurt his poor heart as he was grieving his dad tremendously. They were holding on to the memories and wanting the kids to remember them too. And I get it. I truly do. My son, he would come home though, crying after every visit, telling me that he wanted them to stop. So me being his mom, I'm like, okay, I can fix this. It was hard to see the sadness and the pain. So I approached them and I explained how he was feeling. It was not received well from me as they felt I was trying to control. Truly not the case, but this has definitely built a wedge between me and them. Now this happens throughout many years regarding many situations until finally I had a friend tell me that I had to teach the kids to have a voice that I in fact was enabling them. We all had to build these healthy boundaries and I was actually doing an injustice to my kids because I wasn't teaching them about boundaries and how to set them and hold them and that it was a respect thing and a safety thing. My kids had to learn to ask for what they wanted and express how they were feeling. Now I'm not saying it was easy, but it allowed for us to feel seen, known and safe. I wanted to say seen, known, and understood, but to be honest, we weren't, and that's okay. 
because healthy boundaries are not about others understanding them. It's about what is right for you in your circumstance. So perhaps, perhaps you need boundaries like I did. I have them in all areas. Some people, I won't answer my phone if they call anytime in the afternoon or the evenings. I know that the mornings, I will always get the best them, which results in good conversations, not bad ones. I have boundaries with whom come into my home. Some of my friendships have boundaries because they can be draining and they can be toxic at times. I still love them to pieces, think the world of them. I'm just more aware as to how they make me feel. So I encourage you to ask yourself, does it drain you or fuel you? If it drains you, perhaps you need boundaries. If it fuels you, dang, do more of it. Know that we talk about boundaries, but let's talk about breathing room, margin. What is margin in one's life? I think that I just figured this out this year, not even joking. I wish I had known this sooner. When I look back to being a single mom with three kids, I had my kids in so many activities that we were running around like chickens with our heads cut off. I don't know how we did it all. The hockey, the gymnastics, the cheer, ringette, paired with me working full-time. Holy shit, how many of you listening are feeling the pressure of balancing it all? I didn't want my kids to feel like they were missing out. It wasn't their fault that their dad's gone and that it's just me raising them. I wanted them to feel like they were included. All the other kids were doing it. Part of me thought that if I just kept everybody busy enough, they wouldn't hurt so much. That's real. That's actually raw. Do you know what the definition of margin is? It's space between your load and your limits. It's the gap between rest and exhaustion. And we wonder why so many of us feel like we are burnt out. It's because we're not giving ourselves any margin in our lives. There's no space to breathe. You know, I, I chuckle because this for me is so hard as I am totally a getter done gal. I go like the damn energizer bunny doing everything for everybody. Maybe if I keep so busy that I don't have time to do with my own crap because that's a bomb right there. We need margin in our lives and our kids need it in theirs. We actually need to show and demonstrate to them what it looks like. I think I learned this through COVID, if I'm honest, because that is truly when all sports stopped. It stopped our rat race. It gave breathing room to be still. Heck, that is likely why I'm still unpeeling this onion of mine right now. Really trying to discover myself, my worth, my identity. I actually thought I had all this figured out back three years ago. But what do you know? Feelings buried alive, they never die. And when we fill our days, we miss the work that we have to do on ourselves. We miss the simple blessings that may come our way, like an opportunity for a walk, last minute coffee, or a phone call with a friend, or time to be creative. Hell, for me, it's been time to have this radical responsibility to realize that I carry a shit ton of fear around with me. <laughs> Putting margin in all areas of our life is important. We need it in our money. We need to have wiggle room, savings, just in case. We need margin in our calendars. Leave room for those opportunities to say yes. When we leave room for those opportunities, we can give a yes to something perhaps that wasn't in there before. Now, this is ongoing in our home as I can get so focused in what I'm doing in the task at hand and I just start nodding my head when others are talking to me. You know, I kind of get called out on my shit and they say, mom, mom, do we have your best? Yes. And at times they even have to come over to me and put their sweet hands on my cheeks and turn my head so that I'm eye to eye with them as they talk to me. Did you know that without all the hustle and bustle that my kids have been happier? Who knew? It turns out they didn't need the rat race. They needed an outlet to channel their energy and their creativity. And that, my dear friends, doesn't require our calendars to be jam-packed. So 
Should we tackle what else I wish I knew sooner when it comes to dating and <laughs> and taking the plunge back into marriage again? Here's what I know. Broken people hurt people. Now, it's okay to be broken because in many ways we all are. And it's just that some of us are willing to own it and recognize that broken crayons still color too. And it's funny, as I'm writing this, I am so scared to share a little in fear of judgment. What will you guys think? I'm doing hard work on this front right now and crafting my story where I am between two worlds, between my past and now my future, I am, I'm facing a ton of resistance. And this is where it stems from. I have abandonment struggles. I have abandonment wounds that I have to work through. I thought that I had done the work already to all of this, but sometimes life throws us these curveballs, these setbacks that can make us do backward steps. And for so many, after being a single mom, I'm not proud of how I lived out. I was seeking validation from worldly things. I was thinking that would give me a sense of worth, that it validated me. I was being noticed. I was being seen. Not willing to let others honestly close enough that they could even see me or even hurt me. I built walls so damn high and I built them with rebar and mortar so that nobody could get in. I hurt a lot of people. The minute they got close to me, I ran for the hills. And there's so many reasons why I'm a runner. You know, it's a big joke because my license plate says have to run. And I have had it thrown at me that when the minute, the minute that things get hard, that I run. And that's true. If I'm honest, yeah, it's totally true. It's a control thing. I decide who gets in. I decide who's going to have the opportunity to hurt me. Simple truth right here is that dating is hard. Marriage is hard. Life is damn hard, people. The thing I remember reading a post once about was choosing your heart. I think it comes down to, to exactly that. There's people that are skinny and they are, it's hard to be skinny because it's hard to maintain. There's people that are bigger saying it's hard to be bigger because it's hard to lose the weight. We say it's hard to be single. It's hard to date. It's hard to be married. We have to choose our heart. We all have struggles others know nothing about. But in the end, we have to choose. Nothing in life is easy. We all have seasons, we have mountains and valleys, and at time it can feel as though we are in quicksand or barely afloat, while other times it feels like we're on cloud nine. Here's what I wish I had used and done sooner when it comes to the dating and marriage front. It's a four quadrant exercise. Now, I'm going to give you this tip, and it's something that I learned firsthand, so this is what not to do. Do not show your partner or person you're dating or person you're married to, do not show them your quadrants. <laughs> I did this wrong and things did not go so hot for me. I'm sure in time that this will be a funny story, but to this day, it's still a little bit too sensitive. Okay, so here's the quadrant exercise I want you to do when you're dating or thinking about a potential partner. Quadrant one, I want you to put your must-haves, the non-negotiables, in your future partner. What is most important? What must they have? What quality traits must they have? Now, quadrant number two, the would be nice. These are the bonus traits. You know, these are the things that you would really like to see in your partner. Quadrant three, hell no, won't fly. You're gone. You ran away, head for the hills. These are the deal breakers. Hands down, no, there's no negotiating that one. Quadrant four, you can live with this, but you're gonna have some boundaries. There's gonna be some compromise. Now, the best thing about this quadrant exercise is I have taught the kids to do this when it comes to, you know, thinking about their future partner, but also thinking about their career choice, thinking about some hobbies, thinking about their friends. 
what are traits they want in their friends? What are, you know, no-go zones with their friends? What are things that they can live with, but they don't prefer? This exercise is great in so many aspects. So what do you truly want, like, need, and love in a partner and in your life? So before going on a date, do this exercise and then see if that person fits within the quadrants. Don't settle. Stay true to you. You deserve the world and know your worth. Now, be sure to take off those rose-colored glasses as they alter your perspective. I do not pretend to have this all figured out, you guys. Trust me. I have made my fair share of mistakes in the dating realm and currently being married too. Realizing so much of my mistakes I blamed on others and thought it was them. When in all reality, it wasn't. I believe that life was happening to me when really it was responding to me. So it takes a ton of courage and bravery to love again after being hurt. I hope that you will dig deep as you uncover those healthy and unhealthy patterns that we hold onto and live out both consciously and subconsciously. And remember to choose your damn heart. It is a shit show out there in the dating realm. So good luck, (laughs) y'all. I was on a phone call the other day and it was so funny. We were talking about how easy it is to give others advice and yet we don't take our own. How true is that? This sweet old lady once said, she's like, here, take it. I'm like, take what? She's like, my advice, I'm not using it. (laughs) And I laughed so hard that I almost pissed my pants because it's real, it's honest, it's goodness. We all do it. Hell, even my daughter does it to me. She will pitch me a line saying, mom, what you fear you create. And then I tilt my head the next time I see her fear struck. Like, really? You're kidding, right? (laughs) I was hoping that we would touch on what I had wish I had known sooner regarding parenting. But I will save that for another episode on its own. Be sure to check back for the episodes that are coming, you guys. Send in the topics that you wish for me to tackle, discuss. Maybe you want to share your very own story. There is no manual to life, my dear friends. But we are here to support one another and share our own journeys that perhaps can help others. So sharing is caring. Always be a first-rate version of yourself instead of a second-rate version of somebody else. Judy Garland said it the best. Be kind-ass human. We hope that you guys found this insightful. We encourage you to subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on the new releases that are coming soon. Follow us on social media. Our platforms are LinkedIn and Instagram. Head over to the website and let us know if you wish to share your story, either on the podcast or even in a blog. Our website is youinsureinc.ca, Y-O-U-I-N-S-U-R-E-I-N-C.ca. We too have newsletters as we give you our very own family recipes paired with tips and tricks so you can finish well too. Bye for now.